Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, now. Tune in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch a grill yoga knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about a double. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit. Motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back. We are here right now in Salt Lake City. UFC 278 is going down this weekend, and this rematch is going to be serious. Yes. Super excited yes. for this one. Uh, it's obviously a rematch between Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. Uh, I really don't know how to call this one. I think this is a tough matchup between two tough dudes who are on an insane run yeah. within the UFC. Yeah. And uh, the last time Leon Edwards lost was the first time he fought Kamaru Usman, which... It was Usman's first fight in the UFC. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, which was his first fight after winning the Ultimate Fighter. Right. And Leon's fourth, fourth fight. Yeah. So that's just a fun fact in case you guys didn't know that. So you can see the kind of the, the leaps and, and gains that both guys have made in their career yeah. athletically. And uh, they're just the growth. Yeah, it's insane. We were just talking to Will. And he was saying how, like, if Kamaru loses, there's a guaranteed trilogy. But it's like if one of these, if, if Leon loses, it's like, it's going to be really sad because he's on such a tear. And it's like, it feels like a loss for um, the welterweight division if either one of these guys lose. Yeah. Well, I mean. In a just, way. Yeah. But being able to have a trilogy, I think, makes it a, it's more intriguing because you got a, a loss after seven years and then yeah. you lose to the guy and then you have to run it back. You're considered arguably the GOAT. Yeah, I think right now he's I think he's probably the greatest of all time right now. Currently, pound for pound champion and greatest of all time. Um, I think if he beats Leon, you can make an argument for it. I mean, I think that would be 19 you can definitely make a straight case. wins. 19. I think so. Mm. Like, I think he only lost his second MMA fight. And after that, he's been on a tear since then. So I think it, it was like 19? an 18 or 19 um, fight win streak. What's Kamaru's win streak? Do you know? It's like 18 or 19, something like that. Yeah, he had one loss. Second pro fight. Yeah, I was going to say first fight. Yeah. That's insane. So he's on, on the same run. So for him to win this weekend, I think you have to put him in that conversation and go. Yeah. Right now, he's definitely my pound for pound greatest. Uh, no, not greatest great, active. Greatest active athlete right now in the I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, only because John Jones hasn't really done anything what in like two years not active yeah yeah not active i think after two years is when they actually take you out of the rankings but for some reason they haven't taken john out he keeps like i think it's because he's like <laughs> going to come back soon yeah which has been the case for like two years um but, but before we go too far into this this episode is going to be brought to you guys by DraftKings sportsbook uh big fight card this weekend use my promo code for new customers funkmaster and let me make sure I give you guys a proper ad read so I don't get butchered and make sure I did this the correct way. MMA fans, UFC 278 has an action-packed fight card capped off by the anticipated Usman versus Edwards rematch. Throw down and grab your own epic victory with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. This Saturday, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. And I think that's the main catch right there, win or lose. Bet $5, win $200 in free bets, no matter who it is, and start your DraftKings Sportsbook reign in style. 
Um, so use my promo code Funkmaster, and for anyone out there, just make sure you check the uh, minimum age and eligibility eligibility <laughs> minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So make sure you check those show notes and everything like that for details. And as always, if you or someone you know has a gamer problem, one eight hundred gambler. Have you ever actually read that whole thing? I actually have. That's insane. Yeah, but I always read it like that. <laughs> it's always funny. I always want to do that. It's like one of those commercials. Oh, you didn't read the fine print? You didn't hear the fine print? No, I didn't. When did they not. read like 13 straight minutes of like bad side effects on yeah. a drug and they compress it into like three seconds. Like, you might die. You might die. You might die. Like, bro. Side effects include stroke, cancer, heart attack, death, <laughs> amnesia. Um, just to start this one off, so Usman is a minus 380 favorite and Edwards is a plus 310 underdog and those that's, are big odds. That's crazy. I think this fight is a lot closer than people may think. Now just talking about this from a stylistic standpoint obviously we already know Usman has the wrestling pedigree over Edwards but Edwards has closed that gap in terms of his skill set. He may not ever be able to compete in a wrestling match traditional wrestling match with Usman like just a straight-up match mm -hmm. but I think for his MMA wrestling it has never looked better and I don't think anyone has ever taken him down outside of Gunnar Nelson, which was in the, towards the end of that third round where he took him down and ended up in mount. And Leon clinched onto him and made sure he wasn't able to take too much damage in that position. Okay. Outside of that, I don't think he's been taken down ever since the, um, the Usman fight. Okay. So how, with that being said, how much do you think Usman can rely on the wrestling? I think he can re rely on it, like just using it to maybe switch up the tempo of the fight. Like... And that's what you have to do. When you have a guy who's so committed to just kind of walking you down in the striking department, I think it's always a good idea to mix up the tempo so that they don't get comfortable thinking that it's just going to be a, a kickboxing affair the entire way through. Because now you don't have to worry about sprawling. You can let loose with the hands and not worry about having to drop the hands for underhooks. And then you, it's going to be harder to catch somebody with uppercuts in a situation like that. If, uh, if I go to a fake for a takedown attempt, and you are so heavily biting on that attack, that attempt, and I could come up with an attack and flurry off of that, versus me just standing up. Now for me to go to the uppercut, you could, you're sitting here all day, your hands are high. You're gonna be able to defend that a lot easier versus dropping your hands, and now your face is kind of wide open for those uh, those strikes. Okay, so how, how for Leon, how much better do you think his striking is than Kamara right now? <sighs> And Usman has closed that gap as well. Uh, yeah. So that's what makes this a tough one. So I, I don't really know how this one's going to go. I know I'm going to be a sad man because someone has to win and someone has to lose. Uh, I like both these guys. They're both really, really good down-to-earth people, cool to hang out with, and uh, chill vibes. And, of course, uh, Edwards and I, we both have a J Jamaican ties, him being born in Jamaica. I wasn't actually born in Jamaica. My parents were and my grandparents. So for everyone who keeps trying to say, but you're American. Yes, I'm American raised, because we have to go through the swan song once again. <laughs> but Leon lives in uh, the UK, but firmly reps the, uh, the UK and Jamaica. Okay. And um, I can't lie, it would be very, very nice to have a second Jamaican champion. That'd be crazy. And one that's actually Jamaican born would be huge for the country. Um, but of course, Edward, uh, not Edwards, um, Usman is on the verge of just history. For him to get a win and yeah. lap the division again, that says a lot. My question is, let's say Leon wins and then Kamaru, they get a, they get a trilogy yeah. right away. Um, 
if Kamaru gets it right back, do you think he keeps staying on that same trajectory, or does a lot a loss this weekend like really kind of put a damper on the goat trajectory that he's on? I don't know. That's a tough one. Maybe. I think it depends on who you ask. Like if you, for me, I don't think so. I mean, to go on a run that he's gone on, he's fought the best of the best. He hasn't fought like, uh, and not to knock on anybody, like even like Bisming. Bisming has fought Dan Henderson after knocking out Luke Rockhold, you know? And I think Henderson at the time was ranked 13th. Mm-hmm. So you look at that and then you look at a situation like Piotr Jan, he beats Jose Aldo, who was also ranked like sixth or seventh and coming off of a loss in his uh, Bantamweight debut and fighting for a world title. So you kind of have to factor those things in and you, you watch what Usman has done. He's fought the best guys that they could possibly give him at the welterweight division and he's almost on his way to doing it twice yeah. around. So it's like almost like these guys have a blueprint or what it's like to, to fight him. So now we've got a better idea of what we can do to beat him. So you get a second chance to do it. Usually I feel like the guys coming into the rematch have a better opportunity to try to get the upset. But uh, Usman has been able to shut these guys down and do it better the second time around. So okay, so you kind of seven years in the making, right? right? But you so I guess my to go off that like you think that he's kind of almost already cemented it, where like that like up there in that upper echelon like goat status in that conversation with Mighty Mouse, John Jones, GSP. You think he's already kind of there? Because I I think I. Maybe, I don't. I think a lot of people think he's like two wins away. Like if he beats Leon, he beats Hamza. He's like there. Yeah, but then if you look at who he's beaten on his way up, like I'm gonna just call out the resume right now. And this is from latest to all the way down. So it's Kobe, Masvidal, Burns, Masvidal, Kobe again, Woodley, RDA, Damian Maya. Oh shit. Uh, Emil Meek. He beat Sean Strickland. So it, when you look at this resume, it's kind of like, how can you deny him for, he hasn't ducked anyone in the, in the top of the division. He's fought all the big dogs. No, but some people might argue that it's when you like, it's just still not right there. But why, but why? Maybe like, what not is as many why? title wins. Like 13 versus eight. Okay, let's go like this then. If my argument to that would be, this is not the same era that Anderson Silva was doing that in. I don't think Anderson Silva's skill set, what he had the advantage of, would have been the same advantage that he would have today over the new breed and new crop of MMA. Because it's let's be honest, now. it's more competitive. Okay. The talent pool, fight IQ, and uh, just the athletic overall ability. Like Anderson Silva is one a fighter and two an athlete. That guy can do it all. He could you could put him in any sport and that guy's gonna flourish. You know so. The, the guys he fought, like the Chris Liebens, most, mostly um, a, a bar tough guy with, you know, with so the heart and the will. So you're saying it's kind of like when, like... And no disrespect, you're com- Chris Lieben, the cripple, he's a savage. You're comparing, like, that generation to, like, the early generation of NBA stars where, like, we... They might have had insane accolades, but that doesn't compare to, like, what happened in the 90s. You're saying, like, today is way more competitive than it was, like, 15 years ago. I think basketball's ago. different. It's okay. a different, like... So I'm like, just saying, like, how people won't yeah, put but, those guys in but the nah, same. But basketball is okay. different. These okay. guys in the NBA, I feel like this era, they're not really concentrating on making history. There's very few people who are, like, like that. Yeah. I think more of them, more of those guys are more like, I got to the league. I'm, I'm good. I can just, just be here and just do the bare minimum mm. as long as I'm still 
performing some numbers, I'm okay. Where guys that are fighting, we're like, dude, we need to do good or you're gonna get your, you're gonna get slept. It's a little bit different. Sure. So I okay. feel like the skill set in that, in the errors are just very, very different. And I think if Usman had his skill set back in those days, I think he runs through uh, um, uh, Travis Luter. I think he runs through all those guys, all those guys that insensibility. I think Usman does the same thing to those guys, maybe even better. Maybe not the finesse like he did, like fighting Forrest Griffin, like slipping and weaving and then, then boop, dropping them a couple of times like that. But uh, I just think it's way more competitive now, the pool of talent. Like you even see on the regional circuit, these guys that are coming up are so much more well-rounded than it was when I was coming up. I, I can literally just wrestle hump anybody's leg and then submit them within one or two rounds. All the way, all the way through my career, all the way to the UFC. Yeah. So I just don't think I could do that now. Like I'm gonna actually have to fight to keep someone down and be able to submit them. Cause it's just, it's just a different game. It's way more competitive and way more skilled. So Usman doing this now, I think is way more impressive because to be on top with guys like Masvidal, people know how good Masvidal is, how many errors he's been fighting in. And for him to get knocked out by a guy who's a wrestler, like Bart, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, that's actually facts, yeah. So for me, I, I try to just look at the whole sphere of things, but you can't take away what, what Anderson Silva and GSP did during their time. Like, I get it. Like, even John Jones, I feel like it's been harder for him to get finishes because guys have gotten better. Yeah, and you know? now, like, it's like everybody has your number for that many years. It's and, like people catch up to you. And how, many, how much tape can they uh, watch on him to, to prepare, you know, because he's been the king at the top for so long. That's true. So it just depends on how you look at it. Like, what's your pound for pound, you know? And I, I, I think for me, greatest of all time, I think... In terms of the competitiveness, I would have to say Usman is in that category. I, I think to say he's one or two fights off is like based on what title win. I'm like, dude, it's a lot harder to win strings of titles like that um, versus back then. Like, let those guys try to do it now, even with their prime. Let them try coming and do that now. I don't think I a think lot of guys lot think about difficult. it like that, where it's like how much harder it is now than it was then. Yeah. And then you even make the good point, like the, the like the contender series guys now are way harder than like the tough guys. God bless those came contenders, up guys. Last generation, yeah. Because like. I don't know if I would, I my style. I don't know if I would have made it through unless they gave me a striker that I could have just mauled on the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I had to go in and go bang it out with somebody, it's not happening. My style when I was eight and zero, back then, I'm not skilled enough on the feet. Now I learned and grew through the UFC. You know where these guys have to come in. You have to be ready almost everywhere. Yeah. And that's what's way more impressive to me in this era of MMA. Versus then, and obviously it starts with growth. Like this sport's so young. Imagine what the what the sport's gonna look like in five to ten years. There's kids now that are competing. There's these two brothers named the Erosa brothers um, down here in Vegas that are freaking nasty. Mm. They're 17 and what? 16, 17, something Seven, like that. The 17 year old kid just got signed to Contender Series. Yeah. So it's just like, what are we talking about, dude? Like, I don't want to fight those guys on my way up to try to get to the UFC. Like those are gonna be some studs. So good luck to you guys, man. Um, so for me, I think Usman's in that category. And respectfully to everybody else, um, of, of course, but I just think you have to factor that in and be fair about the landscape. But if you're just going strictly by stats, then okay, Anderson Silva. Okay. I, I think you're right, honestly, when you break it down like that. Yeah. But what do we, uh, my thing is, okay, let's go back to the fight. How does, how does Leon win? I, I, I don't know what you think. What's your... I mean, obviously, he. I think if he's going to win, it's going to be because Kamaru's standing with him. I don't think. Too long? Yeah. Maybe trying to prove a point or something, or maybe Kamaru thinks he's more tired than he actually is, and Leon catches him slipping. I mean, you would. This is. 
this is where I would ask you really because you see it, it's just tough to see where Leon really is because I think his last fight with Nate he looked phenomenal then he got cracked at the end and um, that wasn't a good sign for me I mean but it was a beautiful shot on the chin um, but then it makes you wonder like I don't I don't want to say he's chitty don't want to put that in the air because we haven't really seen him get hit that much at all but at the same time, that was only one shot. And again, it was a shot that he probably did not see coming at all and was so clean that I think maybe it does that to anybody. So for me, from the outside looking in, like I, trying to be fair, like I don't know what that actually meant. Mm -hmm. And then when he fought Bilal, he looked really, really good. And Bilal is good at just neutralizing people and making them look like look like a man versus child. Like he'll just grab a hold of you and you can't, you just can't get up. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I, I, I like the odds. I think Leon is a live dog, I would say. Um, three to one, that's kind of, that's a big that's a big underdog. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I, I think it's gonna be a very competitive fight. Uh, both guys have shown so much growth. It's, no, it's gonna be nowhere near the same as it was in the first fight. I, I really can't see that happening. And uh, Leon had a lot of success in the first fight. And I think the difference is the wrestling. How much can Usman get him down to the ground or push him against the cage? And how long will Leon allow him to do that without maybe doing some damage in the clinch position or something like that to wear him down? Yeah, he could. He could just like completely neutralize the wrestling, do a bunch of damage. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. But Usman's a gamer. He stood up there in the pocket. I with feel like Masvidal. Usman has more more ways to win. Yeah. Especially because he like after seeing him knock out Jorge, it's like this dude can literally do everything. Yeah. Like he's everything. Got that African power, to a, man. Like he's to a that, really high level now. He's got that that African dynamite in his hands. Like it's that Engano shit. And it's not know. like his his striking's like really good. <clears throat> it's clean. It pol he got polished yeah. up. Um, sits on that jab. It's like a piston. The one he hit Gilbert Burns with, he just stung him. And then Bur Burns dropped. And he just kind of just just pounced over like a predator. And just like, wait, grab the legs. And then <laughs> dropped another hammer on him. And the fight's pretty much over. I'm yeah. like, damn, dude, this guy. But he did the, good. he hit the jab a lot in that fight. Yeah. Like a which piston. was like, yeah, like. That was crazy. Just stuck a hard jab. And, and then I, the next fight was Jorge? Uh, either Kobe or Jorge. One of the two. Probably Jorge. I, I mean, I could look. Sheesh, yeah. Yeah, after Burns was Jorge. Then Kobe again. So, so yeah. that. So he's been, and he's been with Whitman for a while. So he's just been working on his better. striking. Yeah, like, I yeah. think Ego loses this fight for either one of these Interesting. guys. I think, you know what I mean? It's like trying sure. to prove something that you don't need to prove. I think... Edwards could get caught up in the wrestling game trying to prove that he's a wrestler. If he if he does that, because if I'm Usman, I'm wrestling 100%. Don't just go out there just trying to play this game. This guy's a sharpshooter. Leon's left hand is a weapon for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's so accurate. I just think he can't be out there trying to prove a point and be like, oh, I'm going to trade with this southpaw. How many good southpaws are going to be able to strike like Edwards that you can find to bring into your training camp? You know, so go where you're strongest. And then when he wear him down a little bit, now maybe open up with the strikes for Usman. If I'm Edwards, try to pick your shots. Don't engage too long in the wrestling transitions unless you feel you can make him more tired than you. And I think that's a tough sell but or a tough ask. For me, if I'm Edwards, I'm looking to stay on the outside, pick my shots, utilize my good footwork, and maybe front kick to the body, look for that front kick up top, um, head kick up top, keep the distance, and uh, watch out for um, the double jab cross into the cage, pushing him against the cage. Watch that black line in the octagon because that's where you're in the danger zone where I only need to touch you and I can push you against the cage. And then from there, you're fighting where I want you to fight. So 
Uh, You're saying from Kamara's perspective? From 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 Kamara's uh, perspective. Okay. Yeah. So, good stylistic matchup. I'm not sure which way this one's gonna go. You, I, you don't I can't have an, call it. you don't have a prediction. I have no prediction. Do you have one, but you're afraid to say it? <laughs> no. I think Kamara wins by decision. That's my prediction. I can see it happening. I don't think. I think it's gonna be really close. Yeah. Maybe maybe split even. I can see a split decision happening for sure. I like I can see Kamara winning the first, Leon winning the second. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. That's why that's why these guys get in there and they mix it up. Facts. Our yeah. next fight we have Luke Rockhold, right? Yes. Where is he? Paulo you see Costa. his Rockhold, he is a plus two eighty five underdog, Paulo Costa, minus three forty five favorite. Whoa. I think okay. but dude, everyone thinks Paulo is just gonna come in and starch uh Rockhold. I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel that way. And that's no disrespect to Luke. Like, let's be honest, Luke has been out of the game for almost three years. Yeah. You know? It's well, a two and a half, something like that. So that time off and then your last outing was being sent, literally sent by Yoel Romero, who sends just about everybody. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a freaking... Oh, Blahovich. Oh, yeah? Well, he got <laughs> sent by him, too. <laughs> Oh, that was the last one? So then he, that's, he, that's two knock so two knockouts. Sheesh. To Romero and then to Blahovich. Yeah. That's pretty bad send off. And then coming back and then trying to take on one of the scariest guys in the division. Like, all respect to Luke. I appreciate that. Like that's manly. Yeah. But that's not a fight I'm looking to come no, no, back no. for after a two and a half year layoff. Like But I will say I'm good. Luke, we <laughs> Give I've me Sean Strickland, bro. That would be a fun fight. But yeah, it's a fun fight. It's a tough fight, but it's not a guy who's a hammer. He's going to jab you to death, but I'd rather deal with the jabs than a guy who could just throw one big bungalow and my head, my consciousness is just somewhere to, in the <laughs> stratosphere. It's like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that, that's what I'm looking to come it's back scary. for, especially now him coming off of a loss. Like I would wait for that match. Like that's just the way I would play the game. Like some of this game. How old is he now? Luke. Sorry to interrupt. He's, a, he's older, for sure. Dude, see, I, I feel like the UFC keeps doing this with the yeah, older guys. 37. Where they're just, this they been use them. For a long time. They use this. them to set up their younger guys who they want to get wins. And, like, like I think there's, I think what the, the brass wants is, like, to, for, for Apollo to send Rockhold and get back on track. <laughs> I think that's what they want. I, I think is this one of those things like it's a win-win for the UFC. If Rockhold beats Costa, it's a big name. That's facts. It still does great for the UFC in terms of numbers and a sell for maybe a potential title shot down the road, or or another big main event, or Costa sends him. Oh, he's back on the winning side. He's back in the win column. He could maybe fight for a title again. He's looking for redemption. There's a storyline there for either either case. Yes. Dominic Cruz versus Cheeto Vera. There's a storyline for either one of those guys. So when Dominic Cruz beats a guy surging contender in Cheeto Vera, like there's so much story. Okay, so that's it's, the other side. That's the UFC's That's play. the other side. So if, yeah. the, if the older guy wins, it's like huge for nostalgia. It's the fans yeah. are going to love it. So it's not necessarily, oh, the UFC just wants the young older guy to lose to the younger guy. It's the way they, they've always done this marketing for so long. Like that's just the way they can sell the fight and market the fight. It's a big name. The younger guy comes in, wins. It's, or two, for this instance, it's two big names. Yeah. You know, so. I will say, though, Rockhold looks in great shape. Oh. I've been seeing him around. Cruz looked in great shape. Yeah. You can look at it as in great shape as you want. The shape does not change the chin. 
at all. What, what Luke should have done, I hope he's done in that time, was give his brain some time to heal, not get punched too often, maybe do some drills, some skill work, tighten up the boxing, tighten up his defense, not coming with this lazy stance on the southpaw where he'll throw this jab and he'll drop his right hand down, or a guy's pushing backwards, he pushes his hands out, and he gets caught over the top the same way Bisman caught him with that left hook. Old lefty right over the top. He threw something, he threw something overcommitted. Luke got stuck in his track. As Bisping dipped, he came back. I think it was a left, right, left over the top and caught him right on the chin. So for me, it's more of a technical thing that he needs to tighten up. And I hope he's done that. I'm pretty sure he did. I've been loving this version of Luke Rockhold, him talking shit, speaking his mind and being more witty. Like before, I feel like he was kind of like a prick the way he would say things. And that's just my honest assessment. Like I would hear him talk. I'm like, this guy just, and I don't know him personally. I've hung out with him a couple of times at, the, at like clubs and stuff because of Wyman and Volante. But it was never like, oh, we're boys hanging out kind of thing. Like, yeah, we're like chopping it up. Never like that. But respectfully, I always just felt like the way he would come off was semi-arrogant and kind of like a prick. Like, just like uh, a little mean-spirited and not really funny. Like, you could be like a Conor McGregor. I'm not saying like, okay, Conor's a special guy. Like, he could say something that's kind of like a dick, but it's funny. Yeah. And it gives it a little bit different, like a little bit. Uh, you you could, like cushion it. Yeah. So it's Where like, it's like okay, no that one's was, actually that offended. Yeah. yeah. Like, but this is just like, you're just trying to be, you're just mean. <laughs> you're just an <laughs> asshole, bro. Like, that's how, that's kind of the vibe I got from him. I was like, he just doesn't seem like my type of guy. But of late, he's been very like, I don't know if he, I don't think he's even doing anything really different. I think the approach just comes off better and the way he's been saying things of late. That's just my personal sure. opinion. And uh, I've been reading the comment sections and people are even saying like, the rarest common W for, for Rockhold. <laughs> and I just think that's hilarious because I think we're in, kind of in the same. Turns. Yeah, we're all kind of in the same feelings and emotions towards him. Uh, and just his persona, how it comes off. Sure. Um, but former champion, he can do whatever he wants. And a couple things real quick before, before that, I think Luke's way of winning, uh, body kick, that question mark kick that he does very, very well, and utilizing his ground game, his jujitsu game is tight. It might not be the most fun thing to watch. I know it's exhausting, but if Luke Rocco wants to win this fight, he takes the game plan kind of away from Izzy, stays on the outside, or he could go straight up Marvin Vittori and try to go straight at him and uh, end up in a barn burner fight, which I just don't think he wins that type of slugfest. I just don't. Not with a guy like uh, Paula Costa at both their careers. Not if his chin's... Questionable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like it usually is at this point, you know? Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to say it's not, especially at this point in his career. Based on what has happened in the past, you usually don't get better, especially at 37. No. No, I agree. We just saw that last week. And this fight is literally Dominic Cruz, Cheeto Vera, except up at 185. That's Dominic Cruz, exactly. 37, and I think Costa is like 28 or 29. But I, I hear DC. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to tell him to pipe down. It would be sick to see a body kick. You've been, you've been, every fight I've seen you watch, you've been talking about body kicks lately. Yo, body kicks, like when I fought Jan, when I fought Pedro, I come out with the body kicks first. When I fought um, Cody Stamen, I think he threw a head kick at me first. I checked it. I threw, I think I had a right or left hand and I threw a head kick and I came back with the body kick. And... Those are, those are the strikes that really do damage. Cause like this, everyone's always trying to protect their head. You like really see guys dig the body. Like look at Justin the Kid Montal. I was, yep, yep. The guy will cover up and pop, 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 dig those body but shots. But it's almost like no one even like remembers that's a thing when yeah. he does it. But I, I, I was gonna ask you, do you think that 
people don't do that enough. Go to the body. Yeah. Like even when general. I'm sparring Marab, like how many, how often do I try to go to the body, give him that lefty um, liver shot look, yeah. that right hand left left hook to the liver, because that's what Aldo's gonna look to do. Yes. And you have to see it and prepare for it to know what your reaction is gonna be, to kind of get a feel of what it's gonna feel like. And I just feel like Luke is just a strong dude. And like we said, he's in shape, phenomenal shape. This is like the best I've ever seen him look, like physically he looks, like just yeah. shredded. Yeah. So does Costa, but I but think that's if there's normal. any way yeah. you could knock a guy out like that who traded with uh, Yoel Romero, go to the body, bro. Why try to fight fire with fire up top? Go to the body, no, clinch him up when you can clinch him up. And that would be a sick way to finish a fight. Yeah. So I agree. I think I would love to see that, actually. Yeah. But easier said than done, because when you do throw that body kick, you're on one leg. It makes it hard for you to pivot out. You got to have a quick twitch where you can just throw it in there and then bounce out of there, and he's a southpaw. So that's what makes it readily available. Just being in this position, Costa being an orthodox fighter, so it's going to be orthodox versus southpaw. That opening is going to be there all, line, all, all night long. Occupy the hands. Throw the head kick, get him to cover up. Maybe it's going to be harder. You see a lot more people cover here and then return. Um, check kicks and then return. You don't see a lot from the head, so you attack the head and check those. Uh, it's going to be harder for you to return after that. So I think you get his hands busy up top, and now he starts to keep his hands up, keep him honest. Now you can fake something if he gets up like that and get his hands up. Now you go to the body. Shit. Fuck I yeah. Think, I think it opens it up a bit. You should, so. you should uh, tell Luke this. Nah. When you see him. <laughs> like, yo, I got the game plan. I like I like Costa. What was I going to fucking say? Uh, made the best man win. Like, trust me, like, oh, oh, Rockhold that. winning because of all the stuff he's saying, it's great. It would be sick. If he loses, it's just one of those guys who says everything at the end of their career and it's too little, too late. Yes. It, you lose your leverage. Uh, I I did have, a like, a vision earlier where I, I, I was thinking about this fight and I was like, I just don't feel like... Paulo's gonna knock him out. I don't think he is, for some reason. Yeah? Yeah. I just, I'm like underestimating him, for some reason. That's interesting. I can't explain, maybe it's because of how the last fight went, where it was like, just a lot of shenanigans before the fight, and I just feel like there's this kind of like, bend in the universe that way for him <laughs> right now. That's it's completely man. instinct, it's, but I just was, I just had to say that. Rockhold's big enough, tall enough, strong enough, to touch his chin and put him out. It's just whether or not he could get there and do it and cross that line of fire. Like to hit somebody, Ray Longo always says this, to knock somebody out, you have to be willing to be knocked out because you have to step into the line of fire unless your reach is like 10 reach advantage, 10 inch reach advantage where you can strike from the outside and not get touched at all. Where I could touch you, step in and commit to the line of fire and get out of there. That's a different scenario, but for the most part, most people, you want to knock somebody out, you have to step in and commit. Which yeah. means you are also in the line of fire to be knocked out yourself. You can't get, you can't get a knockout without being vulnerable. Yes. I mean, you could be as defensively sound as you want. I mean, Dan Hardy versus Carlos Condit. Both these guys threw, like, I think it was a cross, left hook. And Dan Hardy ate the, the, the worst exchange of that. And they threw the exact same combination, except uh, one... I think might have been a little bit better defensively sound in that position, but it was almost identical. Like you watch a slow motion, boom, boom. Both crack each other with the left hook. One goes down, one just takes a step or two. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that a lot yeah, in history. So. Connor, when he knocked out Jose, he got clapped. Well, it was a straight left hand right down the pipe. Yeah, but he got hit too. Like, Yeah, like he got hit 
on the way of Aldo being knocked out and kind of just already swinging his yeah. arm. <laughs> it wasn't like he hit him and like stuck the shot. He was knocked out as he swung the shot and it just kind of clipped him. Yeah. This is one of those. It looked tough though. I yeah, was like, yeah. damn, that probably it's like, hurt. Damn, and he landed yeah. while being knocked out. Yeah. It's just one of those. Yeah. Fight game is crazy, bro. It is. Fucking, Even in that, in that, in that crazy ass knockout, Connor still got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, um, but that's, that's what I think about that matchup. And, uh, what were the odds on that one again? I did not. I don't think you said them. I did it? I thought I said them. Oh, there it is. It is. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, there's a lot of lines. There's so many different, like, prop bets and shit like that. Yeah. I don't do none of those. I've never gambled. I don't know how. It's funny because we talk about the odds all the time, but I'm neither of us gamble. I'm not good at it. Yeah. Like, I can give you the bets and tell you what to do, but that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know how to do, like, parlays and things like that. Like, I don't know how to do, like, if I think this guy's going to win by this, like, I don't know how to do that. And then there's a way to, like, hedge your bet. Yeah, where you don't kinda actually like, lose. Like, yeah, you kind of, like, almost break even for the most part. So Costa was a minus 345 favorite, and Luke Rocco was a plus 285 dog. Um, this one's tough. I don't want to say he's like a live dog, because part of me thinks like the odds maker have this right. Okay. But as always in the fight game, there's always a chance to win. Just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had the odds wrong on that. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Just look at what me. were the odds on you? Like something crazy, right? I was almost a three to one. I feel like, which I was like, oh, that's so disrespectful. Minus, what? Like when three. it first came out, it was like minus three something. I was like, wow. God. I was like, I'll take that to the bank all day long. Let's go Long Island. Yeah, some something's like ridiculous. Are you? Uh, are we breaking down Robin? Yeah. Okay. This, so next up, this will be interesting. DraftKings has Jose Aldo at plus one fifteen, and Marab Davalosvili at minus one thirty five. Really? Yeah. Favorite. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. So I think they got it right. This is a close one though, because definitely. And I, I we've talked about this a little bit before, yeah. like. If there's anyone who's gonna win standing up, okay, it's gonna be Jose Aldo. We all know this, that's no secret. But Aldo, three round Aldo we know is a tough out because he manages to survive the third round and, and like even with Cheeto Vera, yeah. Cheeto was starting to come on. But Aldo neutralized that and said, fuck that, I'm taking you down, I'm on your back. Put the body lock triangle on and just rode him out like a pony. Yeah. For that whole like three, three and a half minutes of that third round. Yeah. So. That was we, smart. Yeah, that was smart of him. Now he didn't really have to exhaust himself or have to get walked down because by that third round with Piotr Jan, he was slowing down. Third round with with uh, Marlon Moraes, he was slowing down. But I will say of late, he's looked better. Five rounds with Rob Font. Um, Rob Font was touching him up, except when Jose dropped him. One, two, right hand moneymaker, and three, two, right hand moneymaker sat him down. So again, this is one of those things uh, I think Marab just has to be busier. Don't hang out on the inside and give him an opportunity, even though Marab's going to be better inside, but don't hang out on the inside, like, just in the pocket. Yeah. Use your footwork. Use your face. You mean, like, in terms of exchanging, not inside the octagon? Well, I'm trying to clarify. Ins inside the octagon. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, to, what, that's what I meant. Yeah. The yeah. I, hope, I hope one no, 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 is on the meant, outside I'm, circling. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But not, like, there's a danger zone where someone can hit you, where you know I can touch you, like a, a, a jab away where I know I could just step in and I'm gonna touch you versus just 
having a foot back, one step back where it's like, I can see all your shots coming. That's where Marab needs to be, utilizing his feints, his footworks, um, his entries for his takedowns, and making the illusion of pressure and going forward and cutting him off and then making Aldo feel like he needs to be reckless so that he throws something silly and give us an opportunity for an entry. Because that's, that's all it is. Wrestling is tying up and clearing hands, clearing ties, traditional wrestling to get to the leg. So you need to create a shooting lane or a shooting window by opening up the arm or from hand fighting or doing something where you get a guy to react and then him um, raising a window for you to get in. If, uh, and if with the punches, you could do the same thing, whether I throw a jab and you throw a right hand and that allows me to slip and step inside for a high, high crotch, or I throw a right hook and then you try to throw a left hook, I weave my head and I step in and I'm inside on a shot. Shooting window, opportunities. Get yes. Aldo to throw, make him miss, and watch out for his knees. Watch out for his his uh, right hand. I think those are his biggest weapons and a left hook to the body, so striking-wise. But I think it's way harder to hit a moving target than it is to hit a Rob Font who's going to be right in front of you than a Cheetah Vera who's going to be right in front of you. Rob is not going to be right in front of him. No. And that's going to be the difference in this fight. Now... You were you were you were talking about uh, Aldo's gas tank. Do you think that it's gonna be different? Like it's gonna be it's gonna go out sooner when he's facing a wrestler like Marab, because I feel I, like that will tire him out more. I think so, because I, I think these guys, when you have it in your head that this guy is gonna just be looking to wrestle me, you almost tire yourself out, because it's just that thought of okay, I gotta be ready for the takedown. I gotta be ready for the takedown. Like for me as a wrestler and a BJJ practitioner. I don't give a shit. Like I know I just I know I just need to protect my head when I'm stepping in, make sure I'm covered. The one time I got reckless and it was the one time I gave no respect to the guy that I was fighting. And I've talked about this at length. Was Marlon Marais and I just dived in recklessly, no setup whatsoever and got knocked out. When has that ever happened when I've got even ever remotely close been hit while shooting? Almost never. So how hard is it to land a knee when someone's going in? Uh, I think if they don't set it up it's really not that hard. Cuz Okay, so because in my opinion, that's the most likely way for Marab to get knocked out. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint the picture. Yes. If I'm fighting a wrestler and they are striking so bad that they just shoot every time, so say every time we spar and they always shoot and they just come forward and they don't really like shoot and chain it up with the striking, which would be the equivalent of hand fighting into a shot. If they just stay on the outside and then they just do this. Okay, maybe you get away with it the first time. The second time, maybe the second time. Now I'm timing it. Now I'm either looking uppercut because I know as soon as you get close, you're just gonna shoot. Now I'm looking for the knee. You watch Cubs, um, Cub Swanson versus Jose Aldo back at WEC, a couple of those other fights. And Swanson wasn't looking to shoot, but a lot of those guys that fought Aldo, Aldo kind of knew they were gonna duck their head. He went forward. These guys ducked their head, gave him a little bit of a tell. And then as soon as they come forward again, he just fires the, the knee right up the middle. So he had to set it up. Because yeah, he knew well, how they would react. Yeah, he, he saw the reaction and, and it tells that they, these guys were giving him. Okay. So I think that's the difference. It's, it's really an art, man. Like, you, I still see guys in the UFC that shoot and they get in. I think we were watching the fights last weekend. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, at the contenders. Mm. And I go, I can never just go in and shoot like that. Not at my level. Who? I, I think it was the uh, kid Jose um, Johnson. He fought the, the British kid in the red. They were the flyweights. I wasn't there. Oh, for you that weren't one. there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's the flyweights. Okay. The 125. Okay. Uh, actually, bantamweight. Okay. 135. So, okay, so one guy was, the, was just the shooting black, in. The, the, the brother that won, 
He was okay. in the blue, and then the uh, the English kid who was in the red. Okay. So with that, the kid was just diving in on shots and getting this guy down. I'm like, dude, you can't get away with that within the top five or even in a championship fight. It just does not happen. Sure. It's non-existent. So um, I think, Marab, we understand this, what we've been game planning for and what we've known about Aldo. The better you can study your opponent and understand them, what their tendencies are and what their main tools are, and the more you can see it in training, I think it, it does you better. And of course, sometimes it's just not your day and guys could just land that shot, good placement, good timing, and it could just be the way the fight goes. Hopefully that's not how it goes Saturday night. I really don't think it's gonna go like that. Uh, I think Aldo's in for a long 15 minutes. And uh, I think once Marab gets that first takedown and starts to do some damage, he's gonna be like, dude, what the fuck? This kid is literally like a Tasmanian devil. And he won't ever slow down. And he won't ever slow down. That's gotta suck, man. Yeah. So you see no spar, bro. Uh, yeah. By the third round, I'm like, I have to get in shape yeah. to spar with Marab for his fight game. Like, yeah. I won't just spar him three rounds just because he wants me. I'm like, no, dude. Like, this is not happening. It just dude. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense yeah. for me. It doesn't make sense for you because you're not gonna get anything out of kicking my ass for one and a half, maybe even two rounds. Like yeah. ten minutes of just whooping my ass because I'm yeah. tired. Doesn't do you any favors. So let me get in shape a little bit, and now I can give you a realistic push. Mm -hmm. And I, if anything, I can give you at least two hard rounds, and maybe that third round halfway through, I start to fade. And uh, I think that's what I was able to do, give him some real pushes, give him real stand-up looks, go into his body trying to dig, right. and uh, keeping him honest. And But you still make him work for the takedown. Still make him work for the takedown. Which is going to help him a lot. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's going to be a harder guy to take down than you. That yeah. he's gonna fight but people are gonna say oh jose aldo is one of the hardest guys to take down i'm like you guys just you guys are these stat rats i'm just like shut up man they, yeah they, they just just stop please it's all about styles that make it, fights yeah. you know? has, but then he hasn't fought you guys yeah he hasn't fought a ricky simone he hasn't fought nah. myself he hasn't fought a marab i mean it, he's basically fought all strikers since he yeah. got to bantamweight outside of frankie Edgar. and frankie Edgar, i wouldn't even call him a wrestler bro he just has wrestling he has a wrestling d1 level wrestling but Huh? Oh, Chad, he fought Chad Mendes, but how often did Chad try to take him down? Just the first fight. And the second fight was all kickboxing, you know? Mm -hmm. Which was fun to watch, don't get me wrong. Like that was, I watched that all day long. That was a great fight. You could rewatch that fight anytime and be like, this was a war. But, um, and he just has that wrestler toughness. But I think um, for Frankie Edgar, he's more of a, a knee tap guy and not really like, I'm looking to, sh to shoot and really double, double on the hook, uh, not double on the hook, double leg you or single leg, run the pipe into a double. He's not really wrestling like that. Mm. Even though in a wrestling match, he could do that. But his MMA wrestling just was never like that. Right. And I think that's the difference. Uh, I have a question. Do you think that, um, well, how do you, okay, so Jose cuts a lot of weight. He's a big, he's very muscular yeah. and he's very shredded. I touched his shoulder after he beat Font. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a cinder block. Yeah, bro. yeah. I was like, I hope that's what I feel like because she, that don't feel normal. It, tell me if I'm wrong. Those guys who are super dense and lean yeah. and big, they tire out quicker? I was going to say gas tank. Yes. I was wondering if that's where you're going with it. I think so. And like, even for me, like, trust me. And I'm always in good, good shape, I make sure. But it's, I think we have more of a harder time to get the oxygen to our muscles. Yeah. The people with the best endurance on, if you look at the extremes, like the people with the best, the athletes with the best endurance don't have a lot of muscle. And the athletes with the most muscle don't have a lot of endurance. Like that's just kind of like when you look at the extremes. 
the extremes. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm not talking about just a little different. I'm yeah. not just talking about UFC though. But yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, exactly. Like, yeah, the people who dedicate their lives to getting good endurance, they get they don't put on a lot of muscle. Yeah, like, like even Michael Phelps, he don't look like no Costa. He don't look like no. Rockhold. And the guys who look like Costa don't usually have the best gas tanks yeah. in, historically. Yeah. So that's why sometimes like I don't, I try not to even lift as much. I do more like lightweight, higher repetition. Your shit's like almost crossfit and, yeah and a lot yeah. of isometrics because i'm so fast twitch i need to make sure i can be fast twitch for the entire duration of 15 or 25 minutes mm -hmm. and yeah that's why this one is very interesting because morab is jack but he's not like jose aldo who shredded but maybe if morab had a tan <laughs> maybe he would look a little more jack. Uh, i think i think jose aldo loses every ounce of body fat to get to 135. i think morab would do that to get to 125. true like I, Marab still has body fat, even though he's very lean. Like you, when you get to the fight, you have nothing left on your body. Oh yeah, I'm like. There's a difference. Four like, percent, maybe even. Marab's a true like bantamweight, honestly. Yeah. Jose is bigger, but that's why I think he's gonna. I I don't think people keep saying it's it's in Jose's advantage because it's a three round fight, but I still don't think his gas tank's gonna last with Marab. It is, it is more. It's better than a five round fight. It's better than a five round fight. I wouldn't say it's to his advantage. I, I don't think, I still don't think that's going to save him is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I don't even think these guys even realize we're fighting in Salt Lake City. Yes. 4,200 feet in elevation. Whole, uh, Las Vegas is 2,000 square, uh, 2,000 square feet, 2,000 feet elevation. <laughs> yeah. So you're basically, Mirab's used to being at elevation or at a higher elevation. Yeah. And I don't know where Jose Aldo lives, but. You know, I actually want to check that. He's king of Rio, right? I think he's still training. Does he live there? Janeiro. Do you know? Rio. So he's, what's that, a beach? It, it's pretty much <laughs> the beach. But I'm just curious to know what their altitude even is. It says seven. There's no way it's seven, right? <laughs> seven feet? That's crazy. If that's really true, it says the highest elevation there is a thousand. But there feet. is a beach there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's at sea level. Yeah, it's pretty much sea level. So. So. I don't know how much of a difference that makes. Do well, you think he's it does? Fighting at elevation, he's not fighting at sea level. If he was fighting at sea level, but okay, he's fighting where he's going to be competing at anyway, mm -hmm. and where he's been training. So you think, like, does a fourth? I don't know. Does the four thousand make a huge difference? I think so. The air is way thinner here. Is it? Yeah, you're going to be way more dehydrated. Like I haven't noticed it personally. I have. I'm pasty. My mouth right now feels like. <laughs> Interesting. Now that you mention it, so does mine. Where is this? Oh, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. Wow. It's serious. Um, one more time again. Jose Aldo is a plus one fifteen underdog, and Marab, the machine, the Valesville, is a minus one thirty five favorite. DraftKings Sportsbook. Um. I think that's pretty much it on them. What's your prediction? I think Marab finishes him in the second round, kind of similar to what he did with Marlon Moraes. I think third round finish. Third? Yeah. I think. I can see that too. I think he gasses I'm going out. Second. I think. I, I actually think even Jose could win the first round, but he's going to be gassed after yeah. the first round. That's my prediction. Just, Just seeing Marab train, like, it was like when I watched you train, I was like, there's nobody who can defend this guy's takedown. That's how yeah. I thought about you. What I see Marab, I'm like, one, no one can defend his takedown. And two, no one can keep his pace. Yeah. So. Full disclosure, he came to New York 
before my Jan fights, the rematch. And uh, he came in thinking I was going to lose. No, no, no. I didn't think you were going to lose. I just didn't know how. Uh, you came in thinking it was No, I didn't. You. I never said that to you. Why do you, think, why do you say that? I didn't think uh, you were going to lose. be honest. No, I swear to you God. Be honest. I was. You thought there was a good chance that I was going to lose. There was a good chance. Okay. Then. Of course. Yeah, exactly. But, but as soon as I saw you do like, like one rounds. puke drill, I was like, this is not the same guy who gassed out in the second round against Peter Jan. Yeah. No way. And I was doing that shit the first camp. It was like trying to tell people, I'm like, dude, you guys have no idea. I'm in shape. I just, I, but I, I wasn't, I I wasn't on the Peter Jan bandwagon. I was like, I defended you on TikTok. When I made my TikToks, I would be like, yo, I think don't sleep on Aljo. Give me your tears, baby. Well, you I can, I, I'm going to pull up crying. TikToks and show you. I'm like, <laughs> don't sleep on Aljo. Ah, that's fair. That's, I respect that. I was like, this is the guy who taps Corey in under three minutes. Under um, two minutes. Let's go to the next one. Marcin Tibura versus Alexander Romanov, who is 16 and 0 at heavyweight. Romanov is. And DraftKings Sportsbook has this one. Tibura at plus 290 and Romanov minus 350 favorite. I'm not going to lie. Take it away because I don't really watch these Honestly, guys. I don't really watch heavyweights as often unless they're like the yeah. really, really funny ones like Dirk Lewis or the guys that are really good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of the wrestling division with heavyweights in uh, high school wrestling. I would always like fall asleep doing those matches, <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, the big boys are fun." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> it's like, only fun. like watching guys push. It's each other. fun because you think they might get a huge knockout. Yeah, and that's it. It's like the anticipation of it. It was like, dude, <sighs> I like it now though because you start to see more athletes like Romanov. He's he's actually an athlete. He's yeah, you know, he did have that one. Um, actor moment actor. where he got tired, he got hit with a low blow, then he said he couldn't continue, it was a no contest. Uh, or did he win? Now let me look. There was a fight he had that it was not going his way. And he acted? Juan, Juan Espinon. And he won by technical split decision because they had to go to a judge's decision because it's so late in the fight. Huh. And Espinon was coming on late. And fuck Espinon, he was talking shit about me anyways. So whatever. <laughs> Glad you lost a split technical decision. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, this is my show. Not do whatever I want. Uh, this yeah. is the monster I deal with every day. <laughs> I can be a little treacherous. Yeah, but um, he won. He won that one split technical decision, and uh, but he was on his way. It was not looking good. But he's a very good. I think Greco-Roman wrestler, like phenomenal. Like he wins, and then he always throws his coaches. Like he'll do like a lat drop, by lock, suplex his guys. Okay. Um, fun to watch. And when he's not tired like that, when he was tired like that, I was like, dude, this, this is bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not, <laughs> not that great. His last one, he beat Chase Sherman by Americana round one. And before that, he beat Vidara, ground, round two, ground and pound. And that was after the split decision um, debacle. Okay. And Marcin Tibura, he lost his last one to Alexander Volkov. And then he beat Wall Harrison first round. With ground and pound. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I don't know who these guys are. I feel bad. Well, before he lost to Volkov, one, two, I know three, who Volkov four, is. Five. He was on a 5-5 five, five win streak before he lost to Volkov. Okay. So he beat Spivak, who just won. So, so he's won good. Like Three-fight win streak. He beat Maxim Gershon. He beat uh, Rothwell, Ben Rothwell. He beat Greg Hardy, Walt Harris, and then he lost to Volkov. Greg Hardy. So this is a, t this is a tough one. I, I, honestly, if I had to pick, I'm going towards 
the undefeated guy. Marcin is 22 and 7. I know who he is. Romanov is 16 and 0. But Tabor trains at Extreme Couture. I've seen him from time to time. Okay. At uh, so it's always weird. Like, I'm not picking against him. But if I did think someone, I think the edge, because of the wrestling, which I think might pose a little bit of a problem for him, I think goes towards Romanov. But his, his striking is pretty good. So it's going to be an interesting fight. I, I, is it fair to say that there's not as many wrestlers at heavyweight? I think so. And so when there is a wrestler? Curtis Blades, Romanov. They kind of have their way, I guess. Yeah. Unless it's against a guy like, you know, the, the really good strikers or the really good knockout artists. Yeah. I mean, the last really, really good wrestler was DC, I think. He was like head, like head and shoulders above the competition. Yeah. But that was even Curtis Blades now, though. He's pretty good. Yeah, now yeah. Curtis Blades. Um, um, we'll do this last one: Tyson Pedro versus Harry Handsucker. You should talk about Nas too. Um, Tyson Pedro is a minus seven forty favorite. Jeez. He's, I bet on him. I don't even know him, but I bet on him. And Harry, uh, Hans, Hansucker is plus five forty. So, that's crazy odds, man. Who's Hansucker? This is main. Okay, okay. I've seen him fight before. He's Why? 33 years old. He's 6'2", 75-inch reach. He lost his last two fights. And now let's take a look at Tyson Pedro. He won his last fight over Villanueva. Leg kicks and up, uppercuts in round one. But before that, he lost two in a row to Shogun Hua and then over Simpu. Okay. So, and before that, he won it via Kimura. Then before that, he lost to Latifi. And before that, he won, like, a bunch of fights in a row. Oh, he was undefeated. One, two, three, four, five, six, six fights in a row, beating Paul Craig coming into the UFC before having some mixed results. Now, uh, Pedro, 30 years old, 6'3", 79-inch reach. He's long limbs, bro. So I can see him trying to pick him apart from the outside before finding the kill shot. Uh, I don't necessarily remember how good his fight style is, like activity-wise. Hand sucker, hunt sucker. His last fight was last year in December, where he lost to Tafa via head kick. And Tio Vasa overhand right to ground a pound in round one. And that was last year in March. So he had a tough 2021, and he's looking to turn the tides in 2022. Do you have a prediction? I mean, just based on that, I'm leaning towards Tyson Pedro. Just based on the competition that he's fought and actually beat. So he's the minus 740 favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge odds. I'm betting on him. I'm not betting, but if I were, I would bet on him. Now, there's a couple of fun fights on this one. Jay Perrin, we've trained with him a bunch of syndicate MMA. Um, he's fighting a Ricky Lang. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a fun one. He's a, he trains in Marab's room. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. met him yesterday. Yeah. So he's on this card. Amir uh, uh, Abazi is fighting... Francisco Figueredo, who's Figgy Figueredo's little brother. Ooh. Or older brother. I don't see, don't even know. He's 32. They're close in age. They're brothers. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> older, younger, I don't know. Oh, AJ Fletcher. He's that wrestler guy, no? Wait, that's him right there. <laughs> right? That's him. He was just over here. Maybe. I didn't see. Yeah, that is him. Yeah, he was on the contender series. He looked good, man. He got a flying knee knockout in round one. And then he lost to Schmelzberger. Uh, huh. So he's going to have a good fight. I don't know this guy. He's fighting Lusa. Ang Lusa from Switzerland. This guy looks like a hammer of a beast of a man, though. <laughs> Dude, the, I was... 
This card's very top heavy, I'd say. Yeah, there's, there's some big names on here, though. Yeah. Shauna Young versus Miranda Maverick. Uh, Sean know, Woodson man. taking on Saldana. Sean Wilson is a really, really tall uh, featherweight. Featherweight? Yeah. He's like 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two, I got it right. He's 9-1. and one. You got Jared six Gordon two taking featherweight? on Leonardo Santos. Yeah. Jared Gordon, yeah. So some fun fights. Um, and then just to touch base, just want to give a shout out to Nas, man. Big finish for him at the Contender Series. Yeah. Nasty knockout. Um, we were working that for like a TJ Dillashaw combination that he might try to throw that we've seen him kind of use in his little um, series that he posts in some of his fights, which is a uppercut um, over the top with the right hand. I don't know if you noticed. You probably noticed, but he, he threatened with the left hand and then landed the, the right hook, which in the guy like flinched. It was like sick to see. Uh, he, he did this and then kind of flashed this a little and then came over. Yeah, I didn't see that. I just saw him come in he does this with his hands and then he slipped off boom boom but he was top. it felt like in that third round he was sorry for my chain he was going to get the finish like oh yeah yeah it felt not like not you, that. it was just obvious yeah i mean he started the fight this kid was over there talking to dana white before the fight i'm like bro whenever i see guys doing that i'm like you're either really fucking good or you are way too confident and then the fight doesn't go your way why would you talk to dana because you it's, like i don't know maybe they're trying to like hype it up like yeah yeah i'm 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 that I'm that dude. I'm feeling myself. I'm but talking it's... to you right now. Just know I'm about to show you something. And then he comes out. He throws a kick. Nas catches it. Walks him down. He throws the left hand off of it or whichever it was. And then does a spinning back kick right to the solar plex. And this kid crumbles. And I'm like, bro. I thought that was it. <laughs> that should have been it. Yeah. But Nas decided to go to the ground. I was like, stand <laughs> up. Stand up. And then he elbowed him like three times in a row. I go, Keep doing that. Keep doing that. We could hear you in the broadcast. <laughs> that's like so through secondhand mics. Like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That no, was such yeah. a good that fight. That was a sick fight. Dude, I did not. I've never seen Nas fight or, yeah. or even spar, which he's, is crazy. He's fun to watch. It's just sometimes I think he lets himself get so involved in the fight where he gets hit more than he needs to. I'm not saying it's like good or bad. I just think longevity wise, he's going to fight like that all the time. But. Unless they're going to catapult him to making a lot of money really quickly, like that fight style isn't the best for longevity. But it's fun as hell to watch. It's sick to watch. And yeah. he like landed that kick, the head kick he landed. Yeah. Like, how did he land that? It was insane. Yep, yep. And I think it's just good that he's getting his feet wet. I think there's going to be a couple things that he's going to be able to watch this fight. He's going to take notes from and be like, I could have done this better. And I think he could have gotten him out of the fight a little bit sooner. What's up? Come make, a, come make an appearance. Let's go. What we got going on? Hey, come over here. You, you talking shit on Triple C or what? No, we're right here. The camera's here. The oh, here. okay. Let's get on this. <laughs> what we got going on? I got a prediction. <laughs> I got a prediction. Triple C is coming back. He's coming for that C4 status. I mean, is Al Jermaine, is, is Volkanovski, who is going, who's willing, who's really not scared of Triple C? Which one? Oh. Everybody's avoiding him, it seems. Are you scared of Triple C? I don't think I'm afraid of nothing. Mama, I ain't never been scared. Well, uh, they say that. They say nobody wants that fight. Well, I can't fight in New York. I would have done it in New York if I was allowed to. But unfortunately, the gods of New York don't want me to fight there. And I got to get paid, man. I'm here to make money. So let me, let me whoop up on TJ Pillashaw real quick, and then uh, I'll call out Mr. Say Do Do.
<laughs> I will say that about the MMA guys, the MMA guys are giving us a gift this weekend. UFC 278, the battle of the ridiculously good-looking. Who is your prediction? Luke Rockhold versus <laughs> a combination of Blue Steel with the Man of Steel, Paul D. Eraser Costa. Somebody's good looks are going to get erased. <laughs> Who do you think it's going to be? I mean, I think the odds make it have it right, and uh, I see Costa winning this. I think I, I know the tools for Rockhold to win is whether or not he's going to actually go out there and do that. And I just, I think um, the chin has been tested one too many times. I think once Costa touches it, I agree, he might be getting erased. So, I could say this I've never seen him in better shape. Sober, three round Costa, the guy that's <laughs> fought. No uh, wine. The, the guy that fought uh, Johnny Hendricks, the guy that fought Yoel Romero. Yes. That guy shows up on Saturday. Uh, Luke Rocco will have problems. That, he's, uh, that guy's a beast. And, you know, he's saying he's in his prime because he, he feels much better than he did when he fought Yoel Romero. When he fought Yoel Romero, he actually had a torn bicep. So um, he's got that fixed. Everything's good. I wanted that. How's Vayner Sports treating you? How's everything? <laughs> How's everything? Get the the man Gary V. How's all that? I know you guys are uh, making big acquisitions. I love it. I saw Figueredo yeah, and all yeah. that. So you guys got champions. Now you have two champions. First two guys. So that's awesome. Oh, Figueredo has signed? Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I like that. So far, so good. Yes, I'll be there. You gotta wait on me. They gotta wait on me. You better get right. You better get right. All right. All right. I think we close out that's, with that. That's a great way to end a podcast. All right, guys. Stay tuned. Once again, DraftKings use my promo code Funkmaster. New customers bet five dollars on anybody to fight. Any win, win or lose, and win $200 in free bets. Make sure you see restrictions and limitations in the show notes. Thank you guys for always tuning in. Um, stay blessed. See you guys later. Peace. Stay funky.